So as you guys know, I've been selling on Amazon for the past four years. In this podcast, I'm going to be interviewing a China boss, basically, Rico <laughs> of SourceFind Asia. We got him on the line here. And um, yeah, his company, SourceFind Asia, basically takes all the hassle out of sourcing in Asia. And we're actually going to be talking about a little product idea that I, that I have. Um, he's been um, you know, selling uh, on Amazon for, for how many years now? Well, I've been sourcing for Amazon sellers for the past four or five years. I am actually getting into Amazon now, uh, but that's a whole okay. other story. We never, we never talked about. <laughs> okay, right. So you've been sourcing for Amazon. So you've been in China for like four or five years then? Yeah, I moved September 2014. Okay, cool. So it's literally uh, five years like this month. Yeah, so. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, same with me. Five years, first came to Asia. Uh, October 2014. So, uh, so yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, he's got a YouTube channel. looks like I, I'm not able to share the screen here right now, but, uh, anyway, YouTube channel is uh, source find Asia, uh, where he does interviews with entrepreneurs who are sourcing in Asia and selling physical products. Uh, cause as you guys know, that is my full-time income selling physical products. And of course, most physical products come from China. And so, uh, Rigo's company, basically like the, one of the core things that I've been kind of looking for for years is they kind of, uh, handle the, uh, product sourcing for you. So let's say you have an idea, you've done the product research, you know, you have an idea of this product instead of looking on Alibaba, looking over 50 million pages and ordering a bunch of samples and blah, 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 blah. Uh, his company basically does that for you. Uh, they look on Alibaba and not just Alibaba, but like other places, you know, like, and they know how to get the best price, the best quality product. And also they, uh, you, so you guys will order different samples to your office and test samples for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we do, like you mentioned, uh, you know, we will research your suppliers. We vet the suppliers. Um, when you want to, we do, we have a service called sample consolidation. Uh, this is pretty popular with Amazon sellers is like, even if you found your factories and you've done all the research yourself, you could ship over, let's say five, six samples to our office. And then we do like a review of those samples, consolidate them into one package and ship them out to you in, in the States uh -huh. or, in, nice. in, or whatever. Okay. So like, and I'm sure as you know, like when you order individual samples and express ship them, it's like, you know, 40, 50 bucks a pop, right? So yeah, it add up if you've got multiple samples. Mm. Oh, wow. That makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Boom. Yeah. You can even save money to do that. Yeah. Um, okay, sweet. And then of course, um, so the next step that I'm all, that I've always been confused with is wondering if I'm getting the best price. So will you mm -hmm. handle like negotiations and, um, do you have a Chinese person on the ground who speaks the language and knows the, the business? Yeah, so we're at uh, three employees in the Guangzhou office, uh, another three employees in northern China, uh, in Nantong, all, all Chinese. Nice. Um, nice. And then we have two, well, one guy's the marketing intern that we were talking about before. Uh, he's, from, he's from Ottawa. And then we have a sales guy who's from Finland. So, and then we have two editors in the Philippines, YouTube and podcast editors. Nice. So we definitely have a, a lot of Chinese people on the ground. Uh, our team speaks... Cantonese, Mandarin, English. Uh, we do yeah. we do handle negotiations. However, I always say cheap is expensive. Um, I don't try to squeeze suppliers too much 
just because they will cut corners and they'll try to make up that that margin somewhere. You know. I see. What I what I always find is best when it comes to price negotiation is just getting numbers, just getting as many quotations as possible. Because if you if you get like 10, 15 quotes, right, you're always gonna have a couple of quotes that are really expensive, a couple of quotes that are really cheap, and then most of them are gonna fall in the middle. Mm-hmm. Then it's about getting the samples and comparing the quality. So if you get a, a sample that's cheap but is basically the same quality as you know the top level sample then you don't necessarily need to negotiate too much. You can just use that factory, right? So, yeah. You know. Got it. But, but, uh, but your, your company will kind of handle all that, that process. Yeah. So we do all that research. We take, we take the, the tedious uh, sitting yeah. on Alibaba, talking to 20, 50 suppliers and the back yeah. and forth with the emails or WeChat or WhatsApp and okay. Skype, we do all that stuff. Yeah. Huge. That's a huge thing. And then, um, the next thing that I've um, is a big thing that uh, my um, we've only been able to do recently is get uh, get terms, get payment terms, um, better payment terms with our suppliers. So now we have better payment terms. It's taken us a while to finally get this with them. Um, does your company help with that? We do. Um, what I find with the payment terms, it's always a relationship thing. Uh, the first time you work with a supplier, they're always going to ask you to do 30%, 70%. But if you're consistent with them, you pay them on time, your orders are consistent in size, uh, you're growing. I would say within six months to a year, you can definitely negotiate payment terms. I think one of the most common ones would be like net 30. So paying them you know, 30 days after the, the shipment leaves or uh, paying them once the product arrives at the port. Like that's with a 0% down payment. So we could definitely negotiate okay. those. Um, nice. The the best payment terms we've ever gotten for one of our clients was about net 60. Um, but that was after we'd been working with the factory for a year and a half. And they literally like quadrupled the size of their orders. So it was like, look, like you see how quickly this company is growing. If you can allow us to keep the cash flow in Canada, then, you know, we're going to be increasing the order quantities anyways. So yeah, nice. it also helps. It also helps if they're signing a contract with a Chinese company. So I, I have a Chinese uh, corporation. So the factories feel a little bit safer because we're there. So that we, there's somebody that they can go and say, Hey, you owe us money. You know, whereas if, if they sign a contract with a foreign entity, it's like, what are they going to do? They're going to fly out to, to Belgium to, to try okay. to sue you. Like, you know, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So your company can can assist with that because, uh, like, as as an English person, like on WeChat talking about this, the Chinese person is like, yeah, you just never know, like, if you're even in the yeah. ballpark, like, what's going on. So okay, good. <laughs> so you have Chinese uh, people who speak Chinese that can uh, assist with that. Um, and then the other thing is, I'm always wondering about is uh, importing prices, shipping prices. Um, I'm sure you've got that down to a T of how to get your clients the best shipping rates. Yeah, so similar to the supplier research, it's all about getting as many quotes as possible. Um, there are standards in terms of like you can look this up on online in terms of how much uh, one kilo should cost in terms of a shipment. Yeah. But it, it fluctuates, right? It fluctuates with where you're shipping to. It fluctuates with uh, whether you're shipping an LCL or a full container. So LCL is like that you share a container with other people. Um, sometimes people will think they're shipping LCL 
maybe the container is not full and guess who the, the shipping company passes that cost on to it's it's gonna be you so it's all about getting multiple quotes getting as many quotes as possible um we have a freight forwarder we've been working with for five twelve years like this partner worked before me so he was with the same freight forwarder and we have payment terms with that freight forwarder we pay them you know 60 days after delivery like so that's oh, nice. another aspect is like taking advantage of of relationships you know yeah 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 so so boom you guys got that handled now people ask me a lot about shipping so boom got that handled make sure you're getting the best shipping price um and if it's same thing with express air like you know you know the go-to you know best rates for that yeah i mean a little i guess a little pro tip with air shipments it's actually depending on where you're shipping from so if your factories like in southern china um talk to your freight forwarder about shipping through hong kong because it's actually cheaper like dhl and all the express shipping companies in hong kong are significantly less expensive than shipping from mainland so whenever we ship out remember i mentioned like the sample consolidation service that we do um whenever we ship out a package to a client in the states we ship it to hong kong first which takes a day and then it ships from hong kong to the u.s and let's say the shipment from Hong Kong costs $35, $40. In mainland China, it would be 50 or 60 So you yeah. can extrapolate that into mass production. Like, yep. Nice. Yeah, actually, now I just realized why all my samples, I'm looking at a box right now, why it always says coming from Hong Kong. Uh, got it. <laughs> yeah, whoever you're working with uh, is smart. They're trying to save that money, man. <laughs> yeah, I got a big box right here. <laughs> My name on it, Riley, Indonesia. Yeah. My uh, sample boxes. Um, anyway, okay, cool. Um, and then, of course, the next thing uh, that you help with is um, if you have an original design, uh, like I have one, I can basically bring you some, you know, PowerPoint presentations of design, and you can um, basically vet if that's possible. And then, if so, find the right supplier that makes sense to make it and kind of oversee, like, the A to Z. Yeah, so we do, uh, whenever we take on uh, project management projects, we do like a free evaluation. So the first step would be we hop on a call, 15 minutes, we discuss the project, then we'd have you fill out a document, uh, what we call an extraction sheet with all the information about your project. You'd send us whatever information you have. Uh, we sign an NDA with everybody. Uh, you can send us your design files or if you have like literally like a drawing on a piece of paper yeah. you can send that to us whatever we would then talk to our our designers uh depending on which product it is depends on the design some of the designers are freelancers that we found online on upwork some of them are chinese uh mechanical engineers that we communicate with and then we want to talk to a few factories just to see what the practical implications are with making this product like i know a lot of people think that you should start talking to factories much later but i think it's better to talk to a factory when you're actually designing the product because if you design it in a bubble you're going to then take it to the factory and the factory is going to say this is not practical for manufacturing you need to redesign x y and z element of this product right so it's better to get them in early so usually what will happen is after we do our evaluation it takes like maybe a week um we'll come back with like a basic timeline and a quotation and we'll say, okay, the factories, the, the initial feedback that we've gotten from the factories is if you're going to make this product, this will be the issues with designing it. This will be the issues with manufacturing it and all that stuff. So yeah. And then we give a quote for our services. So 
some people want to use our designers. Some people have their own. That's that's completely fine. Um, but of course, we want to be involved and handle all the communication with the manufacturer or leading all the way into mass production. And we talked about this before the, the pod here. I always say it takes six months at minimum to realize an original design. Yeah, I say that for private label. <laughs> yeah. So six months to a year, like, I mean, I we've done at this stage, I want to say we've done original design manufacturing in the past four years. I feel like we've done at least 30 uh, okay. successfully. And I can't think of, there's, the shortest timeline has been six months. One of them took a year and a half. One of them took yeah. two, two years. There was one client that came to us that had been trying to make their product for three years. And then we were able to do it in eight months. So yeah, it's, it always takes longer just because you're designing something that didn't exist before. You know, there's yeah. just issues that yeah, unknown unknowns that you, you can't even predict. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the case with any type of uh, online business or online selling anyway. Like really any business actually. Things yeah. always take longer than expected. That's kind of life. Um, and then the other thing that, um, you know, as we talked about in your podcast, which I forgot to mention, um, go check out his podcast. It's called made in China. Um, so yeah, so we just did an interview, uh, with me, um, or Rico interviewed me about kind of my online selling and digital nomad journey. So you guys can go, go, uh, subscribe and leave a, leave a good review. Also for my podcast, I need more reviews too. I never ask. (laughs) So go subscribe to both of our podcasts if you're not ready and uh, leave a good review if, you, if you're if you a fan. Um, and then the, the other thing that's mentioned in the four-hour work week uh, uh, is uh, patents. Um, so, you know, I've always had that in the back of my mind. Like one day I want to have a patent and I want to make licensing uh, money. Um, have you dealt with that? I have. Um Patents are a long, arduous, and expensive process. I personally, my perspective is like, and also a lot of uh, China entrepreneurs that are even more experienced than I am, you don't want to worry about that until you're actually making some real money from the product because you can spend a ton of money on lower fees and things like that to have your product patented and then just not sell the product. Um, And generally, most... If you're worried about Chinese manufacturers copying you, they don't want to. They don't want to copy a product that isn't selling, right? Like they want to go for products that are guaranteed sellers. Like for them to take an original design and replicate that, on the off chance that it might sell, they're just not going to do yeah. it until until it's making some money. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't worry about it until you're you're selling. Yeah, but if you are selling pretty well one thing will end is just getting a, patent, uh, a global patent in the u.s or whatever getting a chinese patent as well a chinese trademark because i mean you know that all these brands have suffered with <laughs> chinese copycat manufacturers yeah. like shipping out their product and there's one story from i want to say six years ago when the first ipad was was released there was a there was a company in china that had trademarked the name iPad. And when the first shipment of iPads was leaving China, they because with the Chinese trademark, you could block a shipment from leaving the country. They they held up Apple's first shipment of iPads at the port. And to make a long story short, Apple ended up having to pay this company 20 or 30 million US dollars to acquire the name iPad. 
Um, yep. So yeah, at the very least, if you are making serious money and you get a Chinese trademark, you can block other people's shipments from from leaving China, but okay. you won't be able to stop them from selling with it. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking like I have these original designs. I'm thinking if someone can advise me on saying yes, if this is a seller, this is patentable, because that yeah. would just be a double whammy incentive to get this thing going and trying it. Because if it's patentable and it ends up being successful, boom, I can patent it down the line. But some things um, are not patentable from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, like you could just get in contact with, we have lawyers that you can get in contact with and ask those kind of questions. Um, yeah. So we, we have a network for that. That's, that's not an issue. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, I think that was a great overview of uh, kind of what you do. Uh, so source Fine Asia is the YouTube channel and uh, made in China is the podcast. Uh, Rico is out there getting that money over in China, um, based in uh, Manila now. But yeah, hit them up. You uh, you guys know the website. So yeah, that's it. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Cheers. I'm sure I will catch you uh, around the world sometime. Yeah, you might might just see me in uh, Indonesia soon, man. It's one of it's yeah, on man. my uh, it's on my list of next places to go to. So yeah. Oh yeah, man. Bali is the spot. Alrighty. Peace.